Man, stop it, stop it. Stop Say that it. one more time because now we're recording. Say that one more time now we're recording, Kobe, before we do the intro. That's it. It is an honor to be in the presence of the great, magnificent, wonderful, the man of many names. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on now. You know you know Beasy. Brandon Bartholomew Jackson, the eighth boy. <laughs> he said Bartholomew. This man said Bartholomew, folks. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh, man. Welcome to the A1 Podcast. Your host, hey, Austin Fleet. He lucky. He lucky. He know what's up, but I'm going to let him make it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, wildin', boy. Welcome to the A1 Podcast. Your host, Austin Fleet. I'm joined today by my co-host, Colby Griffin and Brandon Pablo Jackson. How y'all doing today, brothers? Good man, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, doing good. So go ahead. Sorry, continue, continue. I mean, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt that great, that great exchange, that that, that the greatest exchange <laughs> on, on history of the show. Hey man, he the he he the three for three, three time <laughs> champion man. Yeah. He got championships I can't even think about getting. Who got my Kobe? About over there. Yeah man. Yeah, Kobe, Kobe. Hey man, hey Kobe, where they at, boy? Come on up, show me up, baby. Show me up. See, no, he's so special. His is locked in like secret, like little cases and shit. His is too valuable to just, you know, he's yeah. a man. He's a goat. He's a, he's a goat. Oh, hey, is he? Hey, Kobe, do you, you, you heard all that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. So, my bad. My, my wife just left, man, and my phone connected to the Bluetooth outside. I couldn't hear nothing. <laughs> I say you the probably um, lucky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You the three time champ. You three for three. You got you got championships I can't even think about getting. What was it? The Peach Bowl, I think was it. Peach Don't Bowl. you got? Aren't you part of Listen like here, what, sir, what you're not gonna do is hit me with facts. With facts. All right, I, mean, I, have <laughs> I have to. Your yeah. facts don't change my opinions. All right, here you're the, you're the goat. Man, so we're basically all a bunch of champions on this here podcast, right? So I mean, we all good, baby. We all good, baby. I so. see it. I see it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, so yeah, wow. let's talk, man. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, obviously different levels of football it unites everyone, right? Whenever you play, either whether it's semi-pro, whether it's college, whether it's arena, indoor, right? Brand, yo, Brandon, I, I know you got your trial coming up. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, that's appreciate be- you from this guy. He the one who got me invited to it. He's oh, actually wild player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I he, found that out yesterday. Just- yeah, you know, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe's actually a member of of the Austin Wild professional indoor football team, and so pretty much, you know, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, if your trial goes well, man, we'll be seeing Pablo Allah fucking, fucking. What do you call that shit? Are you are you going for corner? Or are you going for a wide out? What are you going for? Receiver. Receiver. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see we'll see you know Randy Moss in that bitch, you know, or Tio. <laughs> Why are you giving that look, bro? I have. 1,000% confidence that Pablo will make the team. Like, yeah. 1,000% confidence. Never know, man. You can, know. You can, and you can quote me on that, goddammit. It's <laughs> <laughs> a direct quote, all right? And that's coming from the GOAT, so that mean a lot. Man, I love this shit, man. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, to two great players who can, who can't, basically, a bunch of dudes just arguing about who's the GOAT, and we can't get an agreement. It's basically, Kobe and LeBron, or LeBron and MJ, but it's just I like mean, must I <laughs> must I hit him with more facts? So so check this out. I actually have a poster, not in my room, but of my children's room of Pablo Jackson. Stop it. So <laughs> every 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 night after we, every every night after my kids say their prayers, 
They don't say, Daddy, I want to be like you. The last thing they say when they hit the pillow is, make me like Pablo. He lies. crazy. Absolutely crazy. Hey, bro, he lied. His nephew still nephew still talks stuff about beating me in Uno. So I know that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a lie. Beat y'all in Uno, though, boy. Shit. Hey, my four-year-old is cold in Uno. No people. Yeah. <laughs> he be plotting no people. <laughs> I swear. So, man, man, man. It's good. It, it, it's, it's, it's good having, you know, football connections you know, on the show. You know what I mean? Everyone knows everyone was separated by, by one person, I think. So, right. I mean, it's, it's really good. So, you know, yeah, let, let's go. Let's get right into it. Obviously, I believe Pablo, you, and yesterday, Kobe. I know you. We we called it. Um, we call yesterday's game uh, before the game started. Alabama quote won't tie, you know. And um, I mean, yeah. I mean, pretty much. Uh, kind of. What's your guys' instant reaction from yesterday's game? I just want to say that I I called not only Alabama winning. I think my direct quote on the podcast was Alabama is going to beat the dog shit out of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, want to reference that, okay? I didn't yes, say man. they were going to beat Ohio State. I looked at this camera and said they go beat the dog shit out of Ohio State. Man, and you know it's messed up because all season long, you know USC my team, but who I tell you my second team. Ohio State, absolutely. Man, I had all the faith in the world yesterday. There was nothing you could tell me. I'm Justin Fields. Like, what? Yeah. Bro. But from an – I'll say – I will say this, though. From a from a purely unbiased analysis standpoint, that was not the best Ohio State that took the field this season. Yeah, at all. At all. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You got to take – so – and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that at full strength they would have beat Alabama. But what I'm saying is that Justin Fields that we saw last night clearly was not was not healthy yeah um, I think that I think that hit from um a week pr- or excuse me two weeks prior in the semifinal game I think that that hip is still bothering him he wasn't right. plant, he wasn't planting on his throws he was shying away from pressure like he yeah. wasn't he wasn't hanging in the pocket I think he's I think he's still hurting a little bit I mean I think they had what eight starters out because of or mm-hmm. seven or eight starters out because of COVID like yeah. Every other catch I heard, true freshman, freshman. Like, <laughs> right, right. Like that that poor outside linebacker who got bashed up with Devontae Smith in the slot. They were like starting his first college football game. I was like, holy shit. Like, Bro, they first, went right at dude. First game ever. You gotta guard the Heisman trophy winner. Dude finna pull a hamstring trying to keep up with Buddy, bro. That shit was embarrassing. You ever watched the big man relay when you were in high school? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks. Thanks, bro. I'm ran out of his cleats trying to catch up the dude. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, man. And then I think um quiet as it's kept, man, Najee Harris is a lot better than he gets credit for. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Oh man, 100 percent 100 percent Najee, so, so and and like I would say this in terms of like Alabama running backs, you know you got Derrick Henry, who in my biased opinion is the best to come out of Alabama. Obviously, it's my cousin. Um, Mark Ingram was a, was a great running back there. You had um, Trent Richardson, who although NFL career not not so good, but in college was a monster. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Bo Scarborough was decent there, um, yeah. but like the thing I like to think about about that running back room is yes, at one point 
Alabama had so many running backs that Alvin Kamara had to transfer. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. what? <laughs> like, that dude led the NFC in rushing this year. <laughs> yeah, he had the trying. second most rushing yards in the NFL this season. It was like, ain't that crazy? Well, yeah, like all the other back to field. Both to Alabama, and they both was the top two. Even even though he finished at Tennessee, but yeah, yeah like he looked around the running back room and was like, "Fuck, I don't think I can make the field here. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go somewhere I can play." What? But yeah, saying yeah. that, I think Najee Harris is gonna be somewhere between the Mark Ingram. I think he'll be a little bit better than Mark Ingram. I I don't want to say he'll be as good as Derrick Henry yet because you know who knows. Um, that also depends a lot on where he goes and stuff like that. But with him, I don't think he'll be uh, as high of a draft pick, so he might go to a better team. I think he's going to be one of those guys who comes into the league and um, puts up a 1,000 yards as a rookie. Just the way he runs the football, the way he caught the ball last night. Um, he showed me a lot in pass protection last night that I wasn't yeah. really used to seeing him, you know, step in the hole and take on um, – you know, linebackers and edge rushers like that. I, I think he definitely, definitely, definitely improved his draft stock last night. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And then Mac Jones played the best game of his life. So like, I was about to ask y'all about Mac Jones. Do y'all think Mac Jones is legit, or do you think it's just the case of another Alabama quarterback with five stars around him? Like, honestly, like, because it's, bro, it's super hard for me to get a true evaluation of, Alabama quarterbacks because it's like how many Alabama uh, outside of Tua, how many good quarterbacks that came from, from Bama? And that's actually I'll, doing I'll, I'll say this. I've never seen Mac Jones make a wow throw. Me either. Not Half me. of them be ducks. So like, you know, like when you watch Trevor Lawrence play, right? Like Trevor Lawrence does shit that, that would make you mad as a QB coach. Right? Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like he, like he throws back across his body 50 yards. Yeah. on a spiral touchdown and you just go wow like man i would beat your ass but like i can't what am i what am i taking not make that play right yeah i've never seen mac jones make a throw that made me go wow because if you look back at his highlights yeah he's throwing to guys that have five seven nine yards of separation like exactly, just, exactly. i mean shit i'm pretty sure i could throw for a thousand if i had Devontae smith and jay Lewato, bro like i'm pretty sure like <laughs> And I that'd, be my thing. Shake. that'd be my thing with all of them because you see them make like got all these good stats, but it's like, yeah, like every play is a bomb where the dude just run and catch touchdown, run and catch touchdown. Like, every time. Every throwing time. A, throw a bubble to Jalen Waddle, he takes it 70 yards. Like, like you <laughs> went to college on rookie difficulty, my boy. Like, <laughs> you don't got it like other quarterbacks got it out here, my boy. Right. Like, that's, he got the he got the road to glory ninety nine trying to difficulty out the freshman. Yeah. <laughs> all the way back. Right? But um, I I don't I don't know, man. I think I think that Ohio State had a terrible game plan from start to finish. Like, and okay, no, and never adjusted it. Like yeah. I I get the fact that they felt like Wade, their DB, was that guy. He had a, he had a. Yeah. He had a great year all year, was locked down, blah, blah, blah. But after the first quarter, you have to find ways to help protect him. Like, because that, yeah. that dude's draft stock took a hit last night. Thanks. And I understand 
Ohio State all year has been aggressive. They played man defense, you know, one to two high safeties um, and man under or, you know, it, pretty much vanilla. They're either blitzing and playing man behind it or they run two man. A lot of times they run cover one with a robber underneath. But, like, clearly Bama was spreading y'all out and attacking y'all in the seams and, you know, bubble, bubble screening y'all to death. Like, at some point you have to adjust. I just felt like Ohio State was like, fuck it, this is what got us here. And this is what we go, this is what we go lose. Right. Right. That shit did not work out well, boy. At all. <laughs> at all. Like, yeah. I just don't understand. Like, as a DC, you're like, okay, they got three receivers that run four four better. Let's let's have my linebackers out there in man coverage in the slot. It's <laughs> <laughs> like man coverage in the slot. What? <laughs> Oh man! Like I don't care. You play mad, you would be like, "That's a terrible idea." Let's let's out of line. Like that's like, eight nine year old kids know. Like, hmm. what y'all think about what y'all think about Waddle playing yesterday? Because I don't think that was the best of ideas. As a player who would have been on his team, I'd have been like, "Man, I appreciate you." Trying to do what's best for the team. That's Sit your show. ass down, Jason. <laughs> for real, go sit your ass down, boy. We got, hey, bro. We got this one, bro. Go sit down, please. Like, bro, every time he lined up, I only played play like seven or eight snaps, but like every time I saw him on the field, I just cringe, bro. Like I, I was like, like this is gonna be the moment. Yeah, bro. Like, I, like, like I was. I kept looking away because, like, I didn't want to be the one who saw the moment where he fucked his shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I didn't want to be watching live when like his shit snapped. But you know, um, do you think he comes back next year? To Bama? Yeah, I would. I think he will too. I think I the only reason he played in that game is is because he's coming back. Because I feel like if you made a decision already that you're gonna leave. And you're not doing that shit. Exactly. You just get your body right and go pro. That's because that's what I'm thinking. Like when you just act, I'm like, well, he did play, and yeah, because it wouldn't count against his shit or nothing. And I mean, shit, why not? Only thing you're doing is just taking an extra year off your body that you could have been in the league. But is he? He not a senior, right? No, he's a junior. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, he good. Yeah, he good. Yeah. And then yeah. she, now it's his turn to go win the Heisman. Right. Well, before the season, they were saying that Jalen Waddle was better than Devontae Smith. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, now was his chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that Bama's backup quarterback is to his little brother, right? Yeah. 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 Wait, wait, wait. No. What'd you say? Isn't Bama's backup quarterback to his little brother? Nah, he went to Maryland. It's uh, Young. Oh, he transferred. You're right. It's Young, the freshman. Got you. Right, Young. Oh, yeah, Bryce Young. There you go. Yeah. He played – well, he didn't play, but he ended the game out last night. Right. Um, yeah, Tua's little brother killing that Maryland, though. Yeah. They say, they say Tua's little brother is more talented than Tua is. Yeah, in fact. They say Tua, Tua has, like, a better mind for the game, but as far as, like, physicality and, like, yeah, arm yeah. talent and stuff like that, his little brother is leaps and bounds ahead of him at the same age. So we shall see, man. That's crazy to think about. Because Tua was another one who I didn't really believe in. Like, I wasn't too high on Tua. Where everybody else was like, man, he did. I'm like, bro, he, Alabama. Like, <laughs> I don't know. For me, Alabama quarterbacks get no credit. Like, 
I wasn't a big fan of Tua at first because I'm a Jalen Hurts fan, man. Me Jaylen too. Hurts hey, Jalen Hurts, baby. Hey, we know what time it is. From Houston, man. Yeah. Freshman, took him to the ship. So the following year, you know, him to get pulled in the natty, like, when they were winning. Like, yeah. I'm like, ah, uh, all right. Yeah. Whatever. Um, where I gained respect for Tua was the following season when Bama wasn't just running through people and he actually had to win some close games, right? So he had a close one over LSU, he had a close one over Georgia, even though Jalen Hurts had to bail him out in the SEC championship game, whatever, we ain't going to talk about that. But <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to bring that up. But um, I think I think Tua – could be a very, very good NFL quarterback if he can stay healthy. My only worry about Tua is he's a smaller, he's a smaller guy. Um, and he likes to get outside the pocket and he likes to scramble, but he's not, he doesn't have one of the two, right? So like typically when you have when you have scrambling QBs, they're one of the two things. Either they're extremely elite fast or they're strong enough to handle themselves in the open field, like a Josh Allen, or like a Dante Culpepper back in the day. Two is neither. He's like, he's not very fast and he's small. Yeah. Like, imagine Drew Brees out there running around. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. <laughs> so that's the only thing I worry about is, is Tua staying healthy. Nerd that they actually thought about trading this man to the Texans for, for D House. Like, yeah. Know, a yeah. damn hit. Yeah. Like, y'all crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. I, whoever, whatever reporter, like, Leak that rumor, need his ass whooped. Like, for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, facts, boy. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. See, if the Texans trade Deshaun Watson for two at Aguilova, straight up, <laughs> yeah, you go, you go catch me on the news. <laughs> if we not trading him for the number one pick, goddamn, yeah, you go catch me on the news. You hear me? <laughs> Man outside Reliance Center goes crazy <laughs> here live on the seven o'clock news. I'm, I'm calling every McNair everything but a child of God. Boy, I'm out there. <laughs> On oh, me, for real, though. I tell you what, though. Um, I think I think Ohio State will be back before Bama's um, back. If the season went now, if the season went how it went this year, they'll both be back. They Ohio, State, a lot, though. Ohio State coming back for sure, for sure, because like they running through them, like they running through the big oh, yeah. time, like that's right. not a question. And they're and they're 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 very young at a lot of at a lot mm -hmm. a lot of positions. Yeah, like, you see that. That's why I say last night you kept hearing freshman, freshman. I'm like, damn, right, niggas is ready. But Bama is for one, Bama is Bama. So unless some SEC school take that leap like they usually do every two or three years, nah, I see them both going back. Yeah, the only competition I see for Bama out the SEC is probably Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Yeah. Georgia, yeah Georgia's quarterback surprised me this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you is Slovis leaving? Because I know, no. didn't they have um, JT Daniels, right? Yeah, JT Daniels is there. So, what about uh, the other guy? I, I think they're going to let him compete. That's whack. He should have just stayed at USC, bro. Yeah, thank you. That was <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone said it. 
he he'd be the starter this year. Easily, yeah. easily, he, he easily, yeah, yeah. Like, take that shit, goddamn. Easily, easily. I feel Shout like low for the tube if you listen to shit. You will see alum. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit though, like that is. Yeah. It would have been. It would have been his team. No contest this upcoming season. Right. Damn, man. Why do we gotta be? So since we since we were talking about Bamba, did y'all hear about the new coaching decision that Bamba's thinking about making? What? So Steve Sarkeesian, the OC at Bamba, accepted yeah, accepted the head coaching job at Texas. I'm gonna swing back to that later. But Alabama is currently in talks with Bill O'Brien about making them their OC. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Have they not been alive like the past five years? Like <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm Texas 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 Shit, hire me. <laughs> Bill Bubble Screen O'Brien is about to get a, a OC job at Alabama. Boy, like come on. This now. is the same Bill O'Brien that had a 21 point lead against the Chiefs and said, let's change the game plan. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I'm not a Bama fan, cause boy, I'd be I'd be hot, boy. I'd be hot. the same Bill O'Brien who was like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, not that good. Let's go get David Johnson instead. <laughs> hey, one, you guys, give me a quick second. I got you. Yeah, man, that that's crazy to think about. Now, with you being on the West Coast, do you follow like uh, do you follow the Big Twelve at all? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a I'm a Longhorns fan. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think about the Sark hire? Man, I like it. I like it, boy. Because you talking about this shit, it's like Sark, Sark, Sark brings like an arsenal. Again, shout out to Lofa Two previous in this. Sark was the OC over there, or kind of QB's coach before he became OC and the head coach. And so, obviously, um, with Sarkeesian, he, he he's gonna bring in kind of that West Coast offense. He's gonna bring in mm-hmm. a lot of different type of ways to innovate uh, under Nick Saban. Um, I also think with with Texas specifically, when we're talking Big Twelve, they did they they made the right hire, or made the right decision, uh, letting go of whoever the fuck that weak ass coach was. Uh, I, 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 I already forgot his name. <laughs> you know, so the Big Twelve's looking good actually. If we're look, if we're looking at because you know there's a lot a lot of talent and also kind of you know to Alabama if they get a bill man. Well, Brian ain't shit, boy. I mean, I mean, anyone, anyone, anyone can be in that OC spot, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, like, look at the talent that that team has. I mean, they, they, they get, they get the best receiver almost every single other draft class. Like they got Julio Jones back in 2008. Then they have getting Mari Cooper. Now they got Devontae Smith, who's going out. And then they like said Jalen Walter's still going to be there. So I mean, it don't matter who the fuck OC is, right? I'm saying like, cause he has all the tools at his disposal. That arsenal is too deep, G. Like. It's yeah. just shit crazy, you know? Think about this. What what was the last year that Alabama didn't have an NFL running back? Mm. Mm. Like, you really have to go back. Like, so, I think it's 2007. Yeah. Back to when we was all in high school or middle school. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? <laughs> like, that's really cr- – so, back to back to back to back, they had – Ingram, Richardson, uh, Lacey. Lacey. Oh, yeah, Lacey, 
Oh my, Eddie Lacy? Yeah, yeah, Eddie Lacy was a dog in college. He got fat yeah. and lazy, but he was a dog. Eddie Lacy, um, D. Henry, you got uh, who was a yeah. Ye- oh, Yeldon. There you go. Yeldon. 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 Yeah. Yeldon. Um, and T.J. Yeldon. So like, literally, they've had they've had six or seven draft picks at running back not just guys who undrafted free agents six to seven guys in the top three rounds back yeah. to back to back to back to back back that's <laughs> it's easy to coach hey we're gonna give that hey you know what i got an idea we're gonna give that guy the ball like i remember i remember when i was watching alabama play against uh i think it was Missouri, like when Missouri had just gotten to the SEC. It was like third and three, beginning of the game. And one of the announcers was like, what do you think Bama's going to do here? And I was like, they're going to give the ball to fucking Derrick Henry. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Like, I don't care. I don't care if you know it's coming. I'm going to send this 248-pound running back down the, down the middle. Stop it. <laughs> like, the, the way he ran through NFL players, like just thinking back, to like high, even high school or fucking college, like, bro, that shit was unfair, bro. That shit was unfucking fair, bro. Being being related to him was the biggest kick in the teeth in the world. So, <laughs> so we came out the same year, all right. So we both graduated in 2011, and I was a decent high school football player. Derrick Henry was the greatest high school football player that's ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, we had a group text between myself, Derek Henry, and my uncle, right? So, I'd be like, my uncle would be like, yo, Kobe, how'd you do out there? I'd be like, oh, man, you know, I had a decent game. I had, like, five tackles and a pick six. Take a kick or turn back, whatever. Like, oh, man, that's what's up. I'm like, yeah, D, how'd you do? He's like, oh, man, I did all right. You know, we, we pulled out a W today. I go look at the stats, man. It'd be like 18 carries, 476 yards, seven touchdowns. <laughs> we'd beat the other team by 45. I'm like, bro, shut the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and what made it worse is he was so humble about it. He'd be like, oh man, yeah, we did all right. Like we, you know, we worked hard, came up with a W today. I'm like, this nigga. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Derek. All right, bro. All right, dude. Get the fuck out of my phone, man. Like, and it was crazy. Like, I remember so. So D was getting recruited already in like the ninth grade, like the beginning of the ninth grade, right? So I remember like when I got my first offer, I was like, yeah, man. I was like, an offer from Baylor. He was like, oh, man, that's what's up. Which coach gave it to you? And I was like, oh, yeah, man. Uh, Theo Young called me, and then we talked to Coach Arbrows, and they sent me the offer. He was like, oh, okay, cool, man. He was like, yeah, the coach who offered me is no longer there, man. Was, that was three years ago. I'm like, we're juniors. Like, what? Like, how <laughs> Three years ago, like he just offered me at a whole other school. I'm like, what? <laughs> so like, bro, it was just a whole different like experience. Like, like bro, this dude averaged the first down to carry, man, like yeah. for a career for high school. Yeah, the only high school player to have four thousand yards rushing ever. The only one. As a freshman, as a so check this out, as a freshman. He ran for 1,800 yards, and that was his worst season in high school. Crazy, man. So you imagine the eighth grader coming in and giving you 2,000. <laughs> That's fucking wow, bro. An eighth grader. Yeah. 
like I, I be thinking back like when I was when I was playing high school football and like looking back like the freshmen who were decent enough to be on the varsity team they weren't like they weren't even like real contributors you know what I'm saying like some cats hadn't hit puberty yet fam like this dude ready for 2k like what if I was like an opposing freshman like watching him do that I was like I had to go through this for four years like <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Oh, I'm cool. I coach. I won't play receiver. <laughs> I don't play DB no more. I won't play receiver. Right, right. You understand, bro? It's probably some all-state linebacker somewhere who was a senior. He was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck this little freshman up." <gasps> Boom! <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But to to your point, and see, uh, I personally. Um, stand opposed to anything University of Texas does on a spiritual level because fuck them people. Um, right. Uh, but <laughs> that, no, the, a, the AD who was at TCU, uh, Chris Del Conte, is now the AD at UT. And okay. I really, really like that dude. I think that the Sark hire is a really good hire for two reasons. Um, one, it's going to expand their recruiting pro- profile even more nationally right so like yeah and and pablo will tell you like if ut if ut comes to your school like you're, you're gonna sit down and hear them out it doesn't yeah, yeah no question bro in the state of texas like if, if ut gives you an in-home visit like it like you, you float like you're that guy you know what i'm saying yeah. so like like if you can be like I went there, I can you, you go around with a hat or some gloves or something, or just people know that UT even interested in you. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but with, but with Sark being having that West Coast tie with his time at Washington and USC, and then he's recruited all over the Southeast when he was at Bama. Um, I think that hopefully Texas can get not only the best at in-state but some more out-state guys, right? So like Florida, Georgia, California. And then when they lose to TCU, it won't be by as much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this motherfucker just fitting out here, boy. Hey, I'm just saying, listen, listen, not that I'm keep, not that I'm keeping track or keeping count, right? Yeah. Not that I, not that I would do that. But but <laughs> since TCU joined the Big Twelve, UT's only beaten us twice. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. It's all gonna okay. say. <laughs> Eight and two, but who cares? Eighty percent win rate. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You and I think and, and, a drastic turn for the worse. Arms out over you, bro. And and what pisses me what pisses me off about TCU, bro, is like. We'll be cheeks. Like we went five and seven two years ago. Beat the dog shit out of Texas. Like Texas went ten and three. And, like played the Alamo Bowl. We went five and seven. We were terrible. Beat the dog shit out of Texas. They did one game. Right. It's it's because every kid. So every kid who's at TCU who didn't get offered from Texas wanted to go to Texas. Let's just keep it a buck like that. It's like that chip on the shoulder. Like oh yeah, you want me? Yeah. That effect, that effect works. That effect works, man. Do you think USC is ever going to bounce back to being USC? I hope, bro. I hope. I really do hope. But it's something with they recruiting because they get good top, like five-star, four-star players, and then right when they come down, they all flip. Yep. They always flip. They do shit every year because, like, 
if I'm not mistaken, we had Bryce Young. Right. And then he flipped and went to Alabama. And I'm like, damn, like, that was the one. Like, but I don't know. We had uh, Bowden, the safety from um, uh, Miami. Yeah. We had one of the uh, dudes from Texas, the receiver, light-skinned dude from uh, that go to Texas. We had him. Brew. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, we are, we we somehow stay competitive, but it's just like we not nowhere near what we used to be. Because the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 used to just be like, whatever, like. Right. Nah. Yeah, like, I remember, like, watching a game. I want to say I was in, I think I was in my sophomore, junior at TCU. And it was like or it was Oregon State versus USC, and Oregon State was beating the dogs out of USC. And I was like, "We need to make a big name hire. Like, if we get us another good big name hire, then it'll like you say, bring in some recruits and shit." Cause yeah, because because I think I think the rain thing is me being here on the West Coast, and obviously shout out to Game. You listen to this, he was two time national champion back in the Trojans back in the two thousands. Um, mm. The issue is Pete Carroll was the guy that everything flowed through Pete Carroll, right? Pete right. Carroll was the, the the focal point of any type of recruiting discussions, all right. the visits, everything. He was that much involved, you know, and, you know, and, and obviously kind of like, you know, Colby, you had Nick Saban, you know, kind of, it was basically the same thing. That's why I gathered right. when, I was, when, when, I, when, I, when I interviewed former USC players. Um, without, without that big personality, Pablo, to your point, without that, without that kind of that main attraction at, you know, kind of running the helm, it's very hard to get the talent to make them stay. Because, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, we all know this. You want to play for someone who kind of has a, has a, I guess you like, kind of like a resume, you know what I mean? And kind yeah. of inspires and electrifies, you know, kind of your whole, and Pete Carroll, like, I mean, like, it's funny, like, you still see him in the league doing what he's doing 10 years ago at USC, 20 years ago. It's like, he's like Benjamin Button. The motherfucker just keeps de-aging. You know what Fact, I'm saying? Fact, you know he what gets I'm younger every year. I don't care what nobody says, bro. Yeah. <laughs> So Lofa still lives to say the same thing. So I agree. I also think with Texas, the same issue. Mac Brown leaves. So who's the new guy? Charlie Strong did all right. He did all right. You know what I mean? He, he was good. But then, you know, then, then you bring in this dude. Who the fuck? Herman? That's the name. Herman. That's his name. The guy they fired. Finally. Sorry, ass coach. So, so Herman, Herman, gets, Herman gets fired. And now pretty much now it's like, you know, there's no one. Like who, but Sarkeesian is kind of, I think, I have faith that he'll probably, he'll buy, he'll bring back those recruits. Those, those four right. maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure how many five stars, but we'll see. You know, definitely some four-star prospects. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, sorry. But yeah, Pablo, to your point, I think, you know, you need to have that, 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 that main kind of, that guy just kind of gets you kind of amped, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, like you know, this 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 is a guy who who we 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 gonna go to war for, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Yeah. Is Nick Saban the goat? High school, I mean, uh, college coaches, yeah, yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, who else? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if he ain't, then okay, who? I just want to make sure we're all the same. Man. The yeah, I mean, if he ain't, then who? I mean, shit, the seven straight. Part about it, he's not yeah. done. Yeah, no, he ain't done. <laughs> nigga might get about 11, 12. Yeah. Nigga not done. He's played or he's coached in eight national championships in the last 14 years. <laughs> and on that note, fellas, I got to head out. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, you know, I remember I told you I had to leave by like 2.15. I got to get ready to head to work. Yeah. Yeah, I but I'll let you boys. All right, for sure, baby. <laughs> but yeah, man. And then, like, I was just that's that right there. Eight out of fourteen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what? <laughs> He's won six out of those eight. Like what? 
like really think about that. If you're if you're a 14 year old kid, Alabama, you have seen more national championship games with Alabama than you have not. Right. That's just crazy. That's just crazy. <laughs> it's just like, and I mean to your point, like it's almost like Bill Belichick now. It's like if you if you're a player, free agent, or you're a prospect of recruit, say that Pete Carroll back in the 2000s. You just see the name, you see the rings, and you just see this. You're like, okay, yeah, this is a dude who's going to help me get to that next level. Right. One way or another. And no, like eight out of 14, like, God damn, boy. Right. Like, God Where damn. Where do I sign? Where do I sign? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> shit. All right. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, you need to come three days? Three days? I got you, coach. In fact, exactly. You need me water, boy? I got you. Exactly. Because like, obviously, with you, with you and your experience, you can attest that firsthand. He told you how it is. You're not going to be able to start with the first two, three years, but you'll be a part of the family, like you said. And right. you know, and pretty much with that, you know, you can see that translate. The guys buy in. There's no, there's no right. question about it. So yeah. With Jalen, like for example, with Jalen Waddle, man, like right. that kid had everything to lose, nothing to gain last night by playing. Right. But he still wanted to to play for the program, like bought in. You know what I mean? And like I think in in the days of like the transfer portal and all those things, a kid like Mac Jones, his story is his story is cool. Like to have that buy in where Mac Jones really sat there and waited his time. Yeah. You know I because mean? it wasn't like Mac Jones like a bum coming out of high school or anything like that. Like he, he could have went to many different universities, and I'm sure that if he were to transfer, he could have been a starter at many different universities. But he sat there and waited his time, like, so that that speaks to like the buy-in of the program, the buy-in of the coach, like, dude's dude's the goat, man. Like, especially in this, I think doing what he did in this era, um, I think college football now is more competitive than it's ever been, just because of the internet and you know, um, globalization of of the world, man, has made college football more competitive like 30 40 50 years ago there wasn't a north dakota state that could challenge a, a d1 school there wasn't i mean you'd have to worry about like coastal carolinas and shit like that because all the money was centralized and all the, the best recruits went to these schools and you know um back in bear bryant's day they didn't used to have a limit on scholarships right you could have 40 50 60 kids a class you bring on scholarship and then you just cut them if they don't work out so yeah. I think he's the goat, no question, man. It's like, no question. It's no question. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, and the fact, the craziest part is he didn't, he didn't do it all at Alabama. He won one at LSU during right. the time that USC was running through the fucking NCAA. Mm-hmm. So, Lofa, again, if you listen to this boy, hey, credit to your chosen man, but y'all did not win. <laughs> that 2003 one is shared. Remember that shit. <laughs> That's right. Share yeah. with LSU. Share with LSU. So, man, That's, it's crazy. It is crazy, and and to be honest, he brought LSU back. He did because L- LSU was in a, was for a long period of time was a mediocre program, and Saban got them back into the terms of you know national prominence. Right, and then he went to Miami, and you know, another uh, time. <laughs> burn the tapes, burn the tapes. I right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that organization was just. Trash, trash, boy. From top to bottom, like he had no talent, um, constant discipline issues, like that. Like I felt like he didn't get enough time at at Miami. Right. Like I feel like that's a job. You so I said the same 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 thing with Bill Belichick, right? Like I think Bill Belichick could have turned the Browns around if he had more time. Right. 
it's, I mean, that was an organization that you turn around in two years. It, it wasn't possible. Nobody could do it, right? Right. Like, even look at Bill Belichick when he joined the Patriots, right? Like the Patriots were not, were not dominant his first two, three, four years. I think it wasn't until like year six that they, uh, you know, competed for the AFC East title. But once he got his system and once he got his guys and once the program started, the wheels started turning, look at the results now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, who wouldn't want to be the Patriots? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, like good organizations trust their coaches and they give them the time they need to kind of build, you know? And I think exactly. a perfect, perfect example that's actually Andy Reid. Because if you look at Andy Reid in Philadelphia, he led them to five NFC Championship games. They give him the axe. He goes to Kansas City. He's not delivering, not delivering, not delivering. He keeps drafting, keeps drafting. Tyreek Hill, fucking, you know, McCall Hardman. You know, obviously, you know, Clyde was away recently, but then, then he gets Patrick Mahomes, right? He gets mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, and then all of a sudden, boom. Sometimes it's that one player, whether it's Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, that can that that's all you need. But you need to be patient until that until you know your organization, your coach can kind of bring that player on board. Because it, it is like you said, it's a process. Football is a very methodical, strategic sport, both on the field and off the field. You know, and if you're not yeah. able to you know take the time necessary, then you're pretty much wasting your time. Because to your point, I think Miami could have probably felt boded well for Nick, because right after he left, the, I think Chad Henney came, uh, Chad Payton came back, and they made yeah. playoffs. Yep. They made the, the year the year after 2008. So why didn't you just let the man give him give him one more year? Right. You know. So these are the types of things that people don't understand about football. It's it's it's, it's very slow. It's not boom. We're gonna win like that with the fucking St. Louis Rams and three we go three and thirteen. We come back, Kurt Warner. We win. No, dude, it ain't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, so. it doesn't work like that, right? And I think, and it's funny you brought up Pat Mahomes. Because I think what's going to solidify Andy Reid as one of the as one of the great coaches of this sport is the fact that when he got the he got he built the team for Pat to come into right, and then even when he drafted Pat, Pat didn't start right away. Right. He still boomed him behind Alex Smith the same way that you know like Mike Holmgren had the nuts to groom Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre like that to to look at a guy who's that talented and go damn, he's going to be really good, but not yet. Just, like, let's be patient because what what we'll get from this return will be better than what we can get right now. Like, that, to be able to have that foresight. And imagine if you throw Pat Mahomes into the fire from day one. Yeah. Um, you, don't have, you don't have the O-line to protect him, don't have the weapons, and he loses his confidence. He never becomes the Patrick Mahomes we all know and love today, right? Yep. So, like, to have that foresight, yeah, Andy reads the truth, man. He's the truth. And to your point about kind of Mike Holmgren and obviously with that, and that's a very good point because I remember when the 2005 draft was happening, Aaron Rodgers is a barrier product. He also went to Juco here. So he resonates right. with me being a Cali Juco boy. You know what I'm saying? So, right. I'll, and my sister went to Cal. I'm like, let's go get, let's go get A-Rod. We're going to get A-Rod. Mike McCarthy ends up drafting. Uh, Mike Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan thought Alex Smith had more character. Uh, Aaron Rodgers too arrogant. Like, the fuck does that even mean? Like, you get a guy who's, who has... Who's, 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 who has more character but less athletic talent, thinking that, okay, yeah, like, this is the guy. Like, come on, man, bro. I mean, like, Aaron Rodgers was, like, was like a no-brainer. And t- obviously, right. Mike Holmgren, to your point, seeing that no-brainer pick, getting capitalized on the opportunity, and then also – and if, and if we also go back to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Tom Brady was, like, a six-round pick. He, right. didn't, he didn't start until his second year. He right. sat his entire first year, and it wasn't until Drew Bledsoe got injured. I mean, all the great quarterbacks have to sit. Joe Montana was drafted in the third round. He didn't start until 19, until like a year or two years after. 
Right. Like, I mean, two and a half years after. Yeah, yeah, two and yeah. a half years. Yeah. And I think I totally agree with your assessment because if you look at it, you in a great organization with a Bill Walsh, with a Mike Holmgren, with a Bill Belichick, all time great coaches. Right. They have the foresight and they know exactly when to pull the trigger. It's not necessarily, oh, he needs to wait X amount. No, they know exactly. OK, this is when we're going to pull the trigger on this guy. Mike Holmgren actually never did. Mike McCarthy came in and basically, you know, was like, okay, yeah, like, you know, now Aaron Rodgers will be the guy. And actually, it wasn't even Mike McCarthy. It was Ted Thompson. Oh, yeah, you're sure right. It was Ted Thompson. Yeah, yeah, Ted Thompson. Yeah, yeah. So Ted Thompson was the one who basically said, all right, you know what, Brett, you want out? We're not going to bring you back this this time. You're you're done. We're going to – we got our guy right here. We've been – we've had our guy this whole time. You can have your whole media circus. I had Lincoln Kennedy on last week. He was talking about this. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, every fucking day on NFL Today, he'd be like, when are we? When is Brett Favre retiring? Is Brett Favre? Because he used to work at NFL right. today, and it's just like, who gives a shit? Motherfucker, just get either retire or not. Like, but you, you're not coming back here because we already we are we hedged our bet on our future of our franchise and Aaron Rodgers. Right. You know what I mean, and I think kind of you know to your point, the great organizations kind of have that vision, and it, actually we can even take it outside of football. Elon Musk was was on today or not today? He basically talked about the MBAization of America. And I totally disagree with him, but you know, he's basically, Oh, like, you know, like, like, like the great CEOs who have MBAs, they're only focused on finances and numbers. They don't have the vision of the product and the customers to an extent. He's right. However, I disagree with him because you still need to have the MBA to get your foot in that door. You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. Yeah. But essentially the same, the, the, the principle is, is true. The vision and, and the mindset of kind of seeing kind of, you know, having the foresight, like you said, just knowing kind of what your five to 10 year horizon is going to be. If you're able, if you're able to do like a five to 10, maybe in the expand to 20 years, like the great coaches are able to do that. The great GMs right. are able to do that. Right. And that's pretty much, you know, kind of what my, my, my two cents on that. So. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. It's crazy. You know what I mean? And you look at Alabama, I mean, Nick Saban shit, like, like Pablo, he ain't done. Gee, like, I mean, I mean, we could be talking 10 to 10. You said 8 out of 14, 10 out of 16 by the time, you know? I mean, what the fuck are you supposed to do, boy? Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, if you're any, if you're like a recruit and and, and Alabama passes up on you, I mean, you're like, all right, whatever, fuck it. Like, yeah, okay, we're going to win. We're going to win a Peach Bowl. No disrespect. We're going to win the Peach Bowl. We're going to win, like, you know, different type of bowl game. We'll get to the, we'll get, we'll get into the playoff maybe, but then we're not going to be, we're not winning the Beast's top, but we'll still get in like a top five, top 10 ranking maybe at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, kind of talk to me about that. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. Like I, I would, I would like to think that at this at this point, um, as a recruit, why would you turn down? Like literally, Nick Saban can go sit in your mother's living room and say, "Listen, every single recruiting class I've had at the University of Alabama in the last fifteen years." that has stayed for at least three years, has played for a national championship. <laughs> so do you want to sign now or do you want to come back? Like, what do you, like, you know what I mean? Like, what, do you, yeah. what, like, there's no other, there's no other program that even gets close to that. Like, right. Every single recruiting class has played for a national championship. So okay. son, if you've met if you've met an Alabama football player in the last fifteen years, there's not one of them who has not played for a natty. Right. Who else can say that? And actually, let me ask you this question. This is actually about not just the recruiting aspect, but kind of also um, the, the aspect of understanding kind of 
Um, you know, like I mean, I mean, I guess because Devonte Smith is like this unheralded goat, and we mm. talk about Jalen Walter. But t- tell tell me kind of what you think. If Amari Cooper played four years, um, do you think Amari Cooper would have been would have had would have been successful? I mean, this is a hypothetical, but I, just because I saw this debate circling around my, my social media today, um, if Amari Cooper played four years, would he be a successful? And if uh, and, and do you think that Jill that 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 um, Devonte Smith is is the goat? of college football, as Jerry Judy said, as opposed to maybe a Julio Jones and kind of like a Devontae Smith or some other kind of wide out. Wide out. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. I think Devontae Smith is a amazing, amazing, amazing talent. Um, I think that he has been asked to do more, more than, um, you know, most, most guys in his position, his age would have been asked to do. Um, with, with uh, you know, Jalen Waddle going down. Yeah. But, but, there was a man from Foley, Alabama, named Julio Jones. Yes, okay. sir. And Julio Jones was, or is, excuse me, 6'4", 230, ran 4'3". If Julio Jones played in the same system that Devontae Smith played in, with Alabama slinging it all around like that. And you understand when, when Julio was at Bama, they were still a run first program. Mark Ingram. Right, exactly. I mean, Mark Ingram and T Rich. So like if Julio got to play in, in Sark system, I think he would have shattered every single record that there is for the game of college football. Yeah. And I mean, I mean yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say like, there was there was at one point during the season Julio was averaging like twenty four yards a catch in college. Like <laughs> What? <laughs> That's like, like ew. Like what? What? Like it's disgusting. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the pull up the statistic more real quick. Yeah, go like, for it. Yeah. Julio was he was he was ridiculous. He was filthy and he was something like he was. I think he was he was before his time. You know what I mean? Right. Like okay, for a career, he averaged. 15 yards a catch, 15 touchdowns. Wow. Right. Like, he only played three seasons. Three seasons. Right. So, like, if you look up how many catch, so, for example, his sophomore year, he only had 43 catches. His freshman year, he had 58 catches. His junior year, he had 78 catches and 1,133 yards. So, 14.5 yards a catch. And then you look at Devonte, and how many just how many times caught the ball compared to Julio? And you look how many attempts. Yeah, like it's just, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anything bad about Devonte Smith. I just think that if Julio had that same type of opportunity, he'd have put up the same. So, like for example. Even with, even with Devontae coming into a, an Alabama program that threw the ball all over the place, right? So his freshman year, eight catches. Sophomore year, 42 catches. Junior year, 68 catches. This year, he had 117 catches. <laughs> Man. Like, that's, that's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, so, I mean – 
don't get me wrong. I, I, at this point, it's all hypotheticals and stuff like that. But um, Julio has been one of the most talented guys in the game mm-hmm. for a long time. A long-ass time. Right. Even yeah. last year, GMs were saying, if you could pick one receiver to build your team around, a lot of, like, I think over half, 17 of them took Julio Jones. Right. And and you could and you could argue that you know last year and the year before last were not Julio's best seasons, and still GMs are saying like we'll build our team around Julio Jones. And to that point, Julio being the man because I can't he, he graduated my year wait, and I remember when I was looking at rivals, I'm like, oh my god, this guy's like on the top of the list out of Foley, Alabama. I'm like, I ain't never seen no motherfucker come out of Foley be at the top of the list. It's either yeah, like, like, I've never even heard of Foley, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> And then you just see these like lonky, like just like, you know, just like you know what I mean, kind of like just like that, that that you know that face, like motherfuckers. That like, million you know, dollar stare, yeah. Yeah, million dollar stare. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm going. Like that's it. Like you know, they're, they're you ain't stopping me. I'm going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. Correct. I mean, you know, to your point, it's just like yeah, like to see how successful he was at the collegiate level, and to see how that translates so well to the professional ranks. Right. You know. I mean, they, they were almost uh, there. His his catch is what put the Falcons in contention or kind of in position to to almost win that Super Bowl game um, back right. in twenty. You know, and I mean, it's just incredible. To your point, I mean, yeah, I think total body of work you have to take Julio um, because of you know size, talent, and just like you said, the numbers and in the system, the offense, the scheme he played in was so crucial, was so critical to this, this to this debate because the, the scheme he played in was literally Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, or whoever the hell else was the running back. Greg McElroy was his quarterback. Like, you know, who? exactly. Like, like who? On, like, yeah. Like, I mean, you can't, you, you can't, you can't compare them, man. Like, you can't compare them. Like, I say the same thing about, um, like, so we talk about, and this is, this is kind of similar, right? But like, we talk about like George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Right, oh, George Kittle, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, for me personally, George Kittle is better than Travis Kelsey. What's up, but, boy? I go. But, there, <laughs> but there's that argument about like, are these two the greatest tight ends we've ever seen? And I'm like, uh, you know, if if we're gonna do that, I just want you to imagine Tony Gonzalez in today's in today's offenses, man. Like, like, come on, like. Imagine Shay, thank you, bro. Imagine Uncle Shay Shay. Shay Shay, boy, Uncle Shay Shout out if you listen to this. Hopefully you do. <laughs> it's today's offense, man, where he where he would be split out in the slot, being able to work on linebackers and say, like, come on, man. Shannon Sharp was making Pro Bowls, catching three, four balls a game. Like, can you imagine if he was getting 10, 12 targets a game? Like, it wouldn't even his his statistics would be ridiculous. Yeah. So sir. I think we. I think that uh, that's a problem we have in sports with like recency bias. Yeah. You know what I mean. But like this, and I and I'm not. I'm not so biased to, to me where the argument doesn't work both ways, right? Yeah. So like the game at every level has gotten bigger, faster, stronger. Games change, right? Um, to me, it's the same thing with the basketball argument, man. Like, if you go LeBron versus MJ, in my opinion. LeBron is the GOAT, man. Hey, we out here, boy. Lake Nation, baby. <laughs> but Y'all heard it here first on the A1 podcast. Kobe Griffin picks LeBron over Michael Jordan. We are bo- we are out here, baby. We are out here, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so I, I had this argument the other day, and I always tell people, I think LeBron is the boat, 
and I think MJ is the GOAT, and I'm going to tell you why. So LeBron is the best of all time. Easily. From a physical standpoint, from a talent standpoint, from a skill standpoint, LeBron James is the, is the greatest combination of skills we've ever seen on a basketball court. But why he won't go down as the GOAT is because he's arguing. So you're arguing with people's nostalgia. You're arguing the way pe- you're arguing with emotions and feelings and the way the way Michael Jordan made them feel, right? Yeah. This is what makes Jordan the goat. Is Jordan made basketball a global, a global sport, right? Right. right. And you got to think about this. Michael Jordan is the luckiest motherfucker in the history of Earth. And let me explain. He comes his his run started right at the end of Bird and Magic. He had not one but two expansion drafts during his during his title run. So weak in, the, weak in the league, right? Not to mention, imagine if LeBron had the best rebounder in the game on his team, the best, the best post defender, as well as the best wing defender on his team, as well as he picked uh, of the of, – of course, there were less three shot, shot in this era, but of the top ten percentage-wise, three-point shooters in the league, three of them played for the Bulls. Yeah, Paxson Kerr and um, Harper. Like they were, they were literally a team that was dominant. There was never, like, there was never a time. Of, so, of his six-year run of all the playoff series they played, and they were the underdog one time. One time. <laughs> Once. Once. Like, and that was to the Jazz, a team they had beat the year before. Right. Like, (laughs) right. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? And what I say is the game has gotten bigger, faster, stronger. So, like, when Mike was in the the league, there was two players in the NBA who had a 40-inch vertical or higher. If you look at the NBA combine for 2020, there's 16 or 17 guys just in that class of a 40-inch vertical or higher. So, the game's just gotten bigger, faster, stronger like and lebron has can has dominated from from day one from day one he's either been the he's either been the best or second best player in his team at all times you cannot say that for mike like it just it i don't know man the art like but but greatness can't just be measured by talent right so like greatness greatness is measured by the fact that you know you got kids and in India, who've never seen Michael Jordan play basketball, who wear Jordans, nice. right? They've never seen, um, they've never, they've never seen, you know, his clips at UNC, but they know the Jumpman logo when they see it, right? So like, yeah. things like that. That's why I say, um, I don't, I don't make arguments about who's the goat. What I do make arguments about is who's better, who's the Bingo. best player of all time. Because in my opinion, you can put LeBron at one through four, and he'll start on any all-time team you can make. You cannot have that same argument with Mike. It's not, it's not fair, but LeBron's 6'8", 270, man. Like, ah. <laughs> and, like, I, and the barber time that they do is, like, what do you, who do you think we won in a one-on-one game between Mike and LeBron? I'm like, who gets ball first? Exactly. He was like, you give, you take, LeBron gets ball first. I said, LeBron wins 11-0. to zero. He said, he said what? I said, yeah, LeBron wins eleven to zero. He was like, he was like, 
you you think Mike's not scoring a point? I said, no. I think if you give LeBron the ball first, he doesn't give it up. Because there's no way Mike is stopping 6'8", 270 on the block. If I'm LeBron, I'm going to back him down and dunk on him all game. All game. No. And like, so yeah, man. Like, okay. So who was, the, I was, and I, and I do this too, like, um, we judge a superhero, right? Based mm-hmm. off the villains that they beat. Yeah. So, so think about this. When Mike was in his prime, who was, who was the KD in the league? Who was the seven-foot sniper who could dribble who could dribble like a guard in guard positions one through four? I'll wait. <laughs> You're going to be waiting a while because I can't think of anybody. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, who was Giannis in, in Michael Jordan's era? Like, you know, 6'11", runs the floor like a guard, um, literally rebounds and goes coast to coast, play <laughs> after play. Nobody. Okay, Nobody. got it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, who was Steph Curry in Michael Jordan's era that was, you know, literally shooting 48% from three, shooting <laughs> shots from the freaking parking lot? Like, what? Like, what, is, what are we doing here? Like, like, okay, Michael Jordan once shot 40. So Michael Jordan once won a scoring title shooting 46% from the field for right. a seed. Right. Steph Curry shot better than that from three. Three. What? Like... <laughs> Just, just stupid like just stupid stupid crazy bro I'm right saying. and i'm not saying that michael jordan is not is not great but if michael jordan had to play in this era i think his legacy would definitely be different and i have to agree with that because it's almost like if you look at it kind of the game they say oh but the, the game is more physical well yeah the game is more physical but the athletes are better i mean yeah the game the game was more physical you have to go through the bad boys you have to deal with like hard fouls you know you had rodman it, it, it was it was more like a show but like right. right now, right now, I mean, these boys, oh boy, you talking about you see so you brought it up, Steph, Giannis, KD. I mean, you're talking like you're talking about like three almost like top twenty all time great play, NBA players, like in one in one era at the same time, still in their prime. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's it's just crazy. I mean, like you compare it, it's the same thing with the NFL. And I mean, this is I don't want to pivot, but I I did an episode on the podcast, episode twenty. Because mm-hmm. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you heard Randy Moss's recent comments on Tio's podcast. I just addressed him on this podcast. You know, he's basically like, like they asked, like the the one well, the co Tio's co asked Randy. So Randy, who's the, who who uh, who's the greatest wide receiver to ever play in, to ever play in the NFL? And Randy's like, Randy's like, you talking to him? He's like, already. And then he's all like, he's like, my mentality is that you have to be the best. And like I say, I'm the best jokingly, but honestly, I am. And then basically, Tio was basically kind of chimed in with the co-host because. Or the coach chimed in. He said, basically, like, the reason I can't put Jerry is because I never seen him do the kind of beat the double coverage, the triple coverage, all right. these different types of you know combinations and packages. And like you said, you never like the athleticism, man. We never seen the guy like Randy Moss cross up dudes off the line and then burn them that deep to where he's 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 he's, he's the moment the ball snaps, he's already 30, 40 yards down the field. I mean, yeah. it's just like boom, in a matter of four to four to five seconds. Like, right. I mean, it's just like it's it's phenomenal, you know what I mean? So that's kind of my the best. I think Randy's the best. Jerry has these, but Randy kind of has the the you know kind of like the mock. Like, oh yeah, like you watch him play. I'm I'm gonna give it to Randy. You know what I mean? Just because you know. Right, right. Yeah. So like, yeah, greatness and what I and it's weird when you talk about like the goat because longevity comes into comes into the greatness conversation, right? Like like Jerry Rice work ethic. And the fact he could stay healthy for so long, those things are what make Jerry Rice the GOAT. But right. 
if I got one game for my life and I got to pick between Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, I'm taking Randy. Yeah. And then to be honest, I'm not even taking Jerry Rice number two. I'm taking T.O. Yeah. Thank and where you. Gets, Thank you. And where it gets really shitty, I'm not even taking Jerry Rice number three. I'm taking Megatron. Hey, is this like that, boy? Hey, Colby yeah. Griffiths out dropping these knowledge and these and these fire hot takes, boy. I go. I'm, all I'm all I'm saying is, man, as you look at like where where was the six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pound corner that ran a four three that Jerry Rice had to beat? Where is Richard Sherman? Right, doesn't exist. Like <laughs> doesn't exist. <laughs> um, not to mention how complex zone defenses have become right with the bracketing underneath and zone blitzes off the off the corner and i mean the way we shade safeties now and linebackers to take away number one to take away number one targets like jerry rice played in the era where everyone still pretty much played very very vanilla defenses it was either man with a safety over the top or it was man with a blitz um if they ran zone it was like cover three with just you know deep deep thirds and being uh, under, and you had your underneath umbrella players. So like, Jerry Rice got out of the game right before it became this complex. Like, so a lot of people talk about how, like, seven on seven, right? Like every, so I, I coach seven on seven here in Texas. Yeah. And like, yes, sir. they say like, they say like seven on seven has you know given the offenses an advantage because now they get more practice on you know throwing and catching, throwing and catching, throwing and catching. Um, I would argue that it's also made defenses better against the pass, though, because if you see nothing but different route concepts and you see nothing but different arm angles from different quarterbacks and understand how receivers try to beat the coverages that you're running, how could that not make you a better defender, right? right. So, so it's not just the QBs and receivers that are benefiting from it. The, the linebackers and DBs are benefiting from it as well. Like, like there weren't linebackers like Patrick Willis and Jerry Rice's era. Like like you know what I mean? Like he caught the tail end of like Erlocker. Erlocker was the first Mike linebacker we saw that really was like running down the scene making plays. <laughs> and, like, right. You know what I mean? Like so I don't I don't know, man. I just think that um when it comes when it comes down to to greatness, that that comes into now you're arguing with nostalgia and feelings and how you know how a person made them feel and blah 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 blah. When it comes down when, when it comes down to just the the best, like Michael Jordan said it best himself. Like we should all be so lucky that Allen Iverson wasn't six five. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> Truth. If you imagine if AI was was six five doing the things he was capable of, like reach. Man. Yeah, it'd be crazy. It'd be absolutely crazy. So, you know, that I think as we gotta, we have to appreciate what's in front of us, right? Um, like with the coming full circle, we have to appreciate what's in front of us in terms of like Devontae Smith and like the year he's put up. Um, but we have to take into account when we're looking back at these statistics, we have to put and put them into full context, right? Like if you if you equate how many targets were thrown to Devontae Smith to Julio Jones, the numbers don't even add up. Right. Like. No. <laughs> no. 
No. Like you ask you ask any DB in America, like who would you rather cover? I'm telling you, I, I'd rather cover Devontae Smith. Easily. Yeah, because if I can get my if I can at least get my hands on Devontae, not saying it's an easy easy task. If I get my hands on him, I can at least slow him down. Right. Julio Jones is six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> and it's faster than Devontae Smith. Yeah. By a lot. Devontae Smith's gonna be like a four five guy when he comes when he goes to the combine. Julio was a four three guy at two hundred and thirty pounds. Dude's a, <laughs> dude's a truck, like yeah. So you know, but yeah, that's that's where I'm gonna leave that. And I agree with that because obviously with Julio Jones, I mean we've seen footage where it's like Matt Ryan throws a pick and Julio Jones is the first man to get to the to the DB, like f- halfway across the field. I'm just I'm like oh my god, like how, you know these. When they were playing in the playoffs, and Devontae yeah. Freeman had that long uh, run down the sideline to clinch the game against, ah, uh, oh, damn it! They were, this is the year they went to Super Bowl against the Patriots. Like, who they played the NFC Championship? Was it the Packers? Packers. So it was the divisional round before before they played the Packers, and they're trying to ice the game. And Devontae Freeman breaks down the sideline, and he's about to get hawked. Julio Jones comes off his block on one side of the field, sprints to the other side, leans <laughs> like. Cleans up the corner on that side, and Devontae Freeman walks to the end zone. And I'm just like, bruh. <laughs> nobody going nobody gonna to say nothing about it. Like, this man covered 70 yards of ground to make a game, to make a game-winning block. Like, you just – little little things like that, man. Like, I – I don't know. I, I don't know. And going back to, like, that best argument, can you imagine a T.O. played with the same quarterbacks that Jerry Rice did? Randy with the same quarterbacks that Jerry Rice did. Right. Ooh! <laughs> and those teams, too, bro. You got to also factor in the teams. It's not just sure. the QB. It is the QBs, but it's also the teams. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, the Randy Moss in his older years went to the Patriots. Yeah. With a great old line and a great quarterback. And look at the numbers he put up. Like... <laughs> That was my senior year of high school. I actually wore you. You mentioned you wore number twelve. Yeah. Uh, in, in honor of, I forgot who it was. Was it? Uh, Randall Cunningham. Who? Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. I wore number eighty-one in honor of Randy Moss uh, for that 07 season. Because. Ah, nice. Yeah. Nice and season. so pretty much when I got there, everyone was like, "To to I'm like, "It ain't to but I'm wearing this for Randy." But yeah, I mean, it was cool. I, I was cool with it. You know, I'm like, all right, you know, what I mean, because the Bay Area to is that guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And um, but you know, to your point, I think I agree. I mean. Give Rand put in Randall Cunningham. That's a perfect example. Randy Moss had Randall Cunningham his rookie year, right? Right. Randall Cunningham has a comeback player of the year year. You know what I mean? And he's like mm-hmm. first thing I was like ridiculous. He's in the MVP debate. If you at give thirty five years, yeah. years old, if you give if you put Randall Cunningham with Jerry Rice in that same year, I don't think he has a comeback player of the year kind of season like the Randy Moss. Right. Randy Moss set the record for most rookie yards, receiving yards, and most touchdowns by a receiver at, in his rookie season. That one in 1998. If you if, if then Randall Cunningham moves on, you get Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper is a three time three straight Pro Bowls. Randy Moss he, then Randy Moss leaves. Dante Culpepper gets injured. He can he's never the same quarterback again. Randy Moss goes to Oakland. There's no one there, right? Who the fuck's the quarterback? I don't know the quarterback's name. Do you know the quarterback's name in Oakland? Because I don't. Oh five to oh six. I don't know who's the QB. Okay. Yeah. You so you wonder why you want to quit on the team? Okay, I'll tell you why. Because there's no one there. There's no organization. There's there's, there's no there's no winning culture. It's dysfunction. All right, that's what it was. I remember. I'm, I'm, it's here. They're in our backyard. They were here. It's dysfunction. I'm telling you that right now, okay? He goes to New England. 
Everyone's riding him off. This guy is done. He's not playing. Bill Belichick makes the makes the trade the day of the draft. I think day yep. one of the draft. Yep. <laughs> this is right. This is right into my senior year. This is when I started. Okay, I'm, I'm like I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna try this shit. He gives he gets him in, and then fucking we see what happens in his first season. His first season with Tom Brady. What happens? 16 and 0, 23 receiving touchdowns. And then Tom Brady also sets a record for 50 touchdowns. Have you ever seen that where a quarterback and a receiver both set records in their respective statistical categories for fucking touchdowns in the same season and go undefeated in the same year? I mean, bro, how, what else? What else? What else do we need to say about this shit? Right. You know and, I mean? it, and, it, and it, I would say by like game four, it wasn't to the point where like you didn't know he was trying to get ran to the ball. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like double covered, triple co- it did it didn't matter. Like I remember I remember watching the, the Patriots that year and it was so ridiculous, man. They played against um they played against the the, the Dolphins, I wanna say. Like right. week three, week four. Right. And I remember watching a corner pressed on Randy Moss with a safety over the top with a linebacker inside. They had they had they had double brackets, an underneath bracket and overtop bracket with press coverage. Randy Moss caught a slant and still took it 75 yards to the crib, bro. But like, what? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Like, yeah. It, like, like, as an OC, like, that's the biggest, like, fuck you in the entire world. Like, yeah, I, I, know, you, I know you know what I'm going to do. I'm still going to run it, and we're still going to score. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. someone, someone was saying that, you know, the best teams, like Cam Newton was also calling on video doing this shit. The linebacker was like, hey, Cam, we know – we know, we know, we we know, we we know that signal when you when he's doing that. Like, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We say, oh yeah, you know that, right? Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, watch this. And then then he basically then he 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 runs the play and the guy and then he just scores because <laughs> he does he, he does a pitch out and then boom. It's like you know, when you're that good, Larry Bird did the same thing in his day. When he would say, I'm gonna come up the court, I'm gonna take the ball up the court, and I'm gonna score right here. And he's like, and, and he told the he's like, he's like, try to stop me, right. try to stop me. Right. He did, and just, you know, Randy Moss, to your point, the Patriots, people figured them out, but it didn't matter. You can figure them out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, bro, I mean, you're talking about Julio Jones? Like, you know, like, yeah. I, I, bro, Randy Moss? Ooh, bro. I mean, that's, ooh, I don't know, dude. I mean, that, that, that's, that's another level of just, of just devastating. D'Angelo Hall was on record. If you listen to him, his interview with Christy Leahy, he said, I seen the footage. I seen, I seen the Jerry Rice footage. I played against Jerry Rice my rookie year, but all that he, but all I remember was him crumpling. He was crumpling when I pressed him at the line. You know this is DB. When a receiver crumples when you when you press him at the line, you yeah. know you've already won. It's, yeah, it's, you know. But he's like he's like but he's like I remember this is where this is where where I talk about route running. Deanna said Randy Moss was the most underrated route runner in NFL history because he's like I just remember having to go up against him and he would just be so lightning fast and his feet were so fucking deadly that he would just cross you up and run the route so effectively. People just think Randy ran a 4-2-5-40 and he could just burn you. And he did. But what he would do first, D'Angelo Hall said this, he would break your ankles first, make sure you know that, that, that he beat you off the line, whether it's inside release, outside release, whatever type of look you give him, he beats you and then he then he gets open to, to, to make the play. Absolutely. And that's exactly what people don't understand about Randy Moss. He's the most underrated route runner in NFL history. Like, People are like, oh yeah, Jerry Rice ran four seven one forty, and he ran his route so effectively. Well, guess what? Randy Moss did too. How do you think he got open? You know, yeah, he caught he caught balls double coverage. He jumps over people like Charles Woodson, but he gets open because he runs the route so precisely. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. I see. I gotta get, I gotta get to my client, man. Hey, I got you, boy. Hey, appreciate you coming on, baby.
Always a good time, man. I'll, hey, I'll man, we just to, to be continued. <laughs> All right? Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. All right, baby, take care. <laughs>